Hey folks, welcome to the Jim Brockmeyer Podcast. I am your host, former Major League Baseball announcer, and the only non-horse to receive a positive drug test at the Kentucky Derby. I'm Jim Brockmeyer. I'm joined once again by my co-host and producer, Sheena Dodd. Hey, Sheena. Hey, Brockmeyer. How have you been doing? Well, to be honest, I'm feeling fantastic. Really? Yes. I feel a sense of hope and faith that has not been with me for years. I, I feel like I'm born again because Tim Tebow's career has been resurrected. Oh, my God. You find that inspiring? Oh, yes, I do, because much like Tim Tebow, I've been given so many opportunities in my career, and I have repeatedly shit the bed. So from a logical perspective, there is no reason to give me another chance. It'll be just a foolish waste of everybody's time and money. Right. Yes, and yet, here's Tebow suddenly becoming a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, if a multi-sport failure like him can still pursue his dream, then so can I. Yes! So you think he's going to do well in Jacksonville? Oh, absolutely not. Let me be clear, no. But he will cash some checks, and that's all I'm looking for. Honestly, I don't, I don't even think Urban Meyer is expecting him to succeed. I think he's there just to be a media distraction, to take some pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. But it doesn't matter if Trevor throws five interceptions. The story of every game is going to be stuff like, uh, Tim Tebow sat on a new part of the bench this week. Film at 11. That's right, I said film at 11 as if it was uh, 1982, Gina. That's what it did. Oh, boy. I see. Don't you think it's kind of insulting to the other guys whose roster spot he's taking, though? No! No, he's serving a purpose. Hey, there's nothing in the rule book that says a team cannot hire a distraction. Right. It's the Airbud excuse. Exactly. Tim Tebow, he is Airbud. He is just a family-friendly golden retriever who somehow plays every sport and, and is, like all dogs, going to heaven. But uh, any hoodles, enough about that. Boy, I am just overjoyed to welcome my guest today. He's the host of the Dan Patrick Show on Peacock. You can follow them at at DP Show on Twitter. Boy, that was a mouthful. I don't know what the heck I just said, but you can do that. It's, of course, Dan Patrick. Welcome, Dan. Jimmy, great to talk to you again. Always great to have you here. I got to admit, though, I'm a little bit... We got our wires crossed a little. I'm, of course, I'm overjoyed you're here, as I said, but I, I did think that we had booked Danica Patrick. Oh. She, she didn't. I, I asked Danica Patrick, and you said we had Danica Patrick. What's the story? Jim, you said Dan Patrick. No, I said Dan. Oh, boy. I would have tuned in for Danica myself. I, that would have been a great gift. Exactly. I mean, not that you aren't, but, you know, she's, she's a lot cuter than you, Dan. We once did a commercial at SportsCenter where she was, we had parking spots that said D. Patrick out front of ESPN and she pulls up in one of her race cars and then I have it towed because that's my parking spot at, uh, at sports center. That's very funny. I'm a little jealous cause that's, that's funnier than, than <laughs> I've been so far. It's early. It's early in the game. It's yeah. Early I, got, in the game. I got time to make it up. Okay. Here we go. Well, I was very psyched to talk to her. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to ask you the first question I was going to ask her. Okay. All right. Were you very upset when things didn't work out romantically for you and Aaron Rodgers? You know, I blame Brian Gutekunst for this, the, the GM of the Packers. Well, he deserves blame for a lot these days. Yes, and that's where it all went wrong with, with him. I'm fine without Aaron right now in my life. Ah, good. You seem okay. Oh, I got a siren here. Yeah, what's, what's We're going to roll with it. Are now, they arresting is, you for a shitty question? Is that what they're... Uh, probably. <laughs> that would be very well-deserved. <laughs> well, no, I mean... All right, so, all right. The DP show, as I mentioned, which is on Twitter, but it's also on Pika. It's everywhere. The DP show. Yeah. You know, this is... If we can start the show now, 
Coincidentally, I have announced several DP shows when I was working at a brothel in Bangkok. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. That's true. Now, it's not this. You know the you, DP I'm referring to, right? Yes, I do. You do? Okay. Sheena, yeah. do you know what I'm talking You know what I'm talking about, too? Yeah, I think everybody knows, Jim. Okay. Well, not, it's not always apparent. I mean, if you, if you Google DP, it doesn't come right up. Go ahead and Google DP. You know, Dan Patrick doesn't come up, nor does that. It's actually, it's displaced persons. Displaced, yeah, that's not the kind of show I'm talking about at all. Okay. No. no. Now, but Google DP sex, what comes up? DP sex. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that goes got right, it there? right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the double, the du- right, Dan? Do you want to tell us, what, tell the kids at home what it is, Dan? You want to tell them? I, it's, that's not in my uh, lexicon. It's not, no, no. not in my vocabulary. <laughs> no, you don't do that? Yeah, uh, no. Uh, well, it's double penetration for you kids scoring at home. Or by yourself. Or, or yeah, wherever you're scoring. Yes. Uh, it's double penetration. <laughs> what comes up? Do DP Sports. <laughs> DP Sports. Does Dan come up then? Uh, I'm getting the Daily Pennsylvanian. Wow. So if you do DP Sex, double penetration comes up. But DP Sports, what is it? A newspaper. Daily Pennsylvanian. So double penetration is a better publicist than you do. That's the moral of this story. Okay. Yeah. Well, those shows uh, were very different, of course. From, there wasn't much sports talk on those shows that I announced in Bangkok. Not much talk at all, really. I don't even know that announcing is the right word for what I did. I was, I was more like the guy who just goes, on your mark, get set, go. <laughs> and then two men would run right out of lady and the German tourists would cheer. And everybody did have a great time, though. It wasn't like a show. But they did, at, at one place, Dan, this is true, they had your picture on the wall. I didn't ask why, but would you care to explain why your picture was on the wall at a DP show uh, in Bangkok? Well, I do provide inspiration. Um, I do attract men, so I, I, that's all I can probably offer on that topic. I have not been to uh, Bangkok. You do bring a big male audience. That's yes, true. I do. You yes, definitely I do. do. Yes. yes, yes. Maybe they had as much DP confusion as we did. But um, anyway, to be honest with you, Dan, besides the Danica Patrick thing, I'm, of course, thrilled you're here. Do have a bone to pick with you, however, because okay. I've been hearing these ads all over the place for the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Yes. Now, that's a real thing, right? Yes, that's- it is. You get your bachelor's degree in sportscasting. Yeah. All right. I couldn't help but notice that you never approached me about being one of the professors, and I'm using that term lutely, loosely. So <laughs> and what- lutely. And lutely. Yeah. Well, I use a lot of terms lutely. That one loosely. So now, what's what's up with that? Because you know I'm available, right? I mean, I'm doing a podcast, for Christ's sakes. I clearly have much time on my hands, and I'm desperate for money. Uh, I, I'm two weeks away from starting an OnlyFans. <laughs> you know what that is? We all know what that is? Uh, I'm aware of it. Yeah, it's a website where, where people pay to watch you get naked. Yeah. It's like Disney Plus for human genitalia. But anyway... <laughs> Why, why didn't you ask me uh, to do this? I, I did. I was under the impression you were pretty busy. Yeah, no, nah, you weren't. No, I was. Okay. I'm still under the impression you're pretty busy and probably won't be reaching out to you anytime soon. But Bill Simmons wasn't busy because I saw you got him to teach. Yeah. What were you thinking on that one? Because why would anybody pay money to get lectured by an obnoxious Boston sports fan when it's completely free just to pick a fight at a Dunkin' Donuts? Hmm. So what were you thinking there? Uh, seemed like the kids liked him. You know, the students, uh, they were aware of all the positives that, uh, that Bill has. Yeah, not possible. What class does Bill teach? Does he teach you how to talk out your ass without hurting your back? Because <laughs> I could teach that. Yeah, you got to bend at the hip, kids. Class over. That'll be $175. 
I mean, what does he even do? Does he just ramble endlessly, or are there actual readings and handouts? The readings. Yeah, he interacts, came down to the campus and interacted with the students. The campus? Yeah, there's a campus. Wow. <laughs> Do you guys have a ball team? <laughs> uh, we have an e-sports team. Do you really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Do you actually? Yes. That's amazing. So, so what does Bill do? What is his handout? Why didn't you have Bill on? <laughs> well, we'll get to him eventually, and I'll trash you to Bill. That's yes, how this that's, works. That's fine. <laughs> I, just, I have to get this joke out because okay, I love my it. Okay, my bad, my bad. No, no, it's okay. It's all right. You we'll try to get interrupt okay. me. Okay. <laughs> so what's Bill's handout? Does he just give everybody a flow chart on how to make any topic about the 86 Celtics? <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> okay. Good night. All I'm right. here yeah. almost every week. All right. All right. All right, I got a little more on this, Dan, though. Not done. <laughs> I do think I could have been a very good teacher at your school, however, because I have a lot of wisdom that I could impart the next generation of Telecasters. If nothing else, I could teach how to properly call a home run. Have you ever seen a better setup to a bit than that? <laughs> well, because was anybody a better home run caller than me, I ask you? Yes. Who? How much time do we have? Oh, my goodness. That's insulting. Who? Who was better? Would you say Vin Scully was better? Harry Carey yes. was better? Yes. All right. Okay. Jack Buck. Jack Buck, sure. Joe Buck. I'll put Joe Buck in there, oh, too. Oh, no. Yes. Dare, how dare you? Yeah, that one hurt, didn't it? That oh, did. Boy. Jack yeah. Buck is one thing. Yeah. Joe Buck is like the gum the bottom <laughs> of my seat when I broadcast. All right. I'll tell you what. That's a challenge now. I'm going to give you four of my favorite home run calls. Okay. You tell me which is your favorite and or if any of them have exceeded any of the legends you mentioned. Jack Buck, Joe Stupid Buck, Vin Scully, anybody. Okay, you ready? All right. Here comes a few calls. Okay. Did that ball just get divorced from a Kardashian? Because that one is Gagne West. So there's one. <laughs> <laughs> that ball's got to be headed to the Church of Scientology because it is El Gon Hubbard. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, that ball just died and left an empty seat on the Supreme Court. It is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And finally, oh, my goodness, that one must have late-stage dementia because we can forget about it. It is Donald Reagan. Oh, I wish she would have booked Danica Patrick. <laughs> um, I think those are all really, really well done. Any of them uh, exceeded uh, any of the greats you mentioned? Yeah, I think you're a little better than Joe Buck. All right. A anyone you liked in particular? The Gagne West? Yeah, the Gagne West. Was, like the Gagne West? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that is a good one. I like that one. Yeah, it's pretty woke, too. <laughs> All right, So, but honestly, if anybody could slap their name on a school like that, it is you. You are such an influential figure in broadcasting. Boy, I look back fondly at the years that you were hosting SportsCenter. But I've occasionally heard you talk about your time there, and you say how it took years off your life, and you were very exhausted when you did it, and growing distant from your family. Yep. So here's my question. Why does hosting SportsCenter sound so familiar to the experience of doing crystal meth? Why is that? <laughs> well, I was working second shift, and you know your kids aren't up when you're at home. They're gone to school when you leave, so that can be a little disruptive. and. Uh, Second shift isn't isn't for uh, everybody. You know, just trying to get acclimated to those hours, and you know, it was live TV late at night, and you know, so and of course, you know, probably put too much importance on something that shouldn't have had that much importance, but I did. So, I survived. I'm a, I'm a martyr. I'm a sports center martyr. 
Yeah, you left the mothership. And, yes, I did. Uh, you know, you were young and you were you you were making a name for yourself. You put the work in, and you know, I get it. You know, it, it was like ruining your life, but the high of it was just it was irresistible, much like crystal meth. Not many people leave ESPN on their own, but I did. Yeah, no, you did. You're one of the few, and I survived. Yeah, your friend Rich Eisen. Yeah, as well. I, I heard you talk to Rich Eisen. Oh, I did. Yeah, I gave him a talking to. <laughs> I heard you roughed up Rich Eisen. <laughs> Yeah, I was less sexual with Rich. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Take it as a compliment that I'm much more sexual with you, Dane. I think it's my voice that you find alluring. I think that you think things when you hear my voice. I think you're right. Yeah. I'm thinking them right now. No pants on, by the way. Just staying with the Crystal Meth Sports Center comparison, which one do you actually think is more difficult to go through? I think it is Sports Center. Because whenever I've done meth, and I have done a lot of meth, I was like, man, boy, this would be just 10 times harder if Keith Olbermann were here. And, and you know, you're trying to focus on the meth, and there's some guy talking about Dick Cheney and Machiavelli, and I'm like, shut up, man. I got teeth I'm trying to lose over here. Which do you think would actually be harder, doing the meth lifestyle or, or staying at Sports Center? Which would have been more difficult? Uh, I, I've never uh, had meth. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that doesn't surprise me. So you couldn't speak from experience. What would you imagine is harder? I'm going to say Sports Center. I think, uh, pardon me, I swallowed a coffee there. I think you're right. I got a loud guttural swallow. It's partly what makes the rich timber of my voice, the, the whiskey barrel uh, timber, is the swallowing. Okay, well, I do miss those days that you were at ESPN, though, as hard as it might have been for you, because ESPN and sports media in general, it has changed for the worst, in my opinion, and I'm not just talking about the ascent of my Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hitting everybody through you. Yeah, you I? are. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, how it's all just become people yelling hot takes at each other. I mean, I understand that it's for the sake of ratings. People can't resist looking at car accidents, and everything that comes out of Skip Bayless's mouth is a car accident, hitting everybody. But how do you feel when you see that sort of stuff these days, that hot take festival? Well, you know, I don't blame the person who's doing it. If the audience, if there's an audience for it, then that's why they're going to continue to do it. I just never subscribe to, hey, what's my what's my side on this story here? And let's take opposite sides. And it's not my approach to it. But look, Skip's been successful. Stephen A. Smith's been successful. And, you know, it probably goes back to Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon because they had hot takes before they were hot takes. And that's true. I think we kind of, you know, a lot of people started to pick up on that and take that and, and then make their own shows sort of based off of that. Cause Mike and Tony go back and forth with each other. I don't think that anything is scripted or orchestrated in a sense of Tony and Michael actually agree on the same topic. So therefore they can't have that topic. There are times when, you know, th those are the topics of the day, but you find that there are a lot of talk show hosts that want to have the same sort of topics every single day. LeBron James is a fire starter, so he's always going to be there. But hot takes, I guess they're here to stay. It's not something that I teach at the uh, broadcasting school. I just say, how about have a formed opinion? That's all. Just, just have a thought out, well thought out opinion. And then Bill Simmons works that back to the 86 Celtics. Yes, okay. he does. About the 86 Celtics, mostly it's important to have an informed opinion. <laughs> yeah, according to Bill. But now I agree, and Mike and Tony on, um, pardon the interruption, very genuine. You get the feeling they're just being genuine. If they agree, they agree. If they don't, they don't. Sometimes they have a, a, a take that's uh, unique, but it just seems organic and authentic. 
but you know the clickbait stuff of today like they don't engage in that stuff for the sake of like grabbing eyeballs i mean i see how it's irresistible you know i see uh, some ridiculous headline like uh, colin coward says baker mayfield is the next hitler you know i have the same reaction when i see a youtube video like man tries to drink a bathtub full of spaghettios i'm like well, boy that's disgusting but also i want to see how old colin gets out of this one because that is a lot of metaphorical cleveland fan-based upsetting uh, spaghettios so i do get it i don't think colin ever said that about baker well he i he said equivalent things oh, <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> well he does annoy he's, he's trolling baker almost constantly well that is what, true yeah, whether his hat's backwards or fo- Baker even responded by turning his hat backwards, didn't he? When he won that playoff game, uh, yeah, I think so. That's amazing. Do you, uh, the idea that you guys now—it's just so interactive that it's just you definitely get in some guys' heads and they respond. Does that happen to you, where players like shouted you out or called you out or said something, or in the course of a, either after a victory or defeat or in the press about you? No, but I'm not calling guys out because they wear their hat backwards or that means you're not a leader. But if Colin feels that way, then, you know, that's his opinion. That's his show. I have a hard enough time doing my show. I can't program somebody else's show. If I was going to program a show, I might start with this one and give it a little bit more like an outline and some funny jokes and (laughs) like those kind of things. But but let's see. I don't program shows. Right. How did that feel? Return yeah, fire. Yeah. No. I see. Jimmy? No. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Words can hurt. Just letting you know. Okay. Yeah. No. That's boy. I've learned. You know something. I had a lot of other material prepared. I'm not going to do it <laughs> because it's too mean to you. Are we done? Yeah. No. We're finished. That's it. Okay. I, awesome. I don't have the. I don't have the will or the heart. Awesome. Uh, to go on, on any farther. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Oh. No. In fact, I'm going to slam you twice as hard now just for that weak little shot you just took. But it's not just sports. It is everything. It's not just, you know, hot takes. I mean, getting attention is what makes you relevant in today's society. And, and being loud and outrageous is, is a very good way to do that. I mean, you go to a big party and you're just pleasant to talk to. Nobody remembers you. But if you go to that same party and you like you take a shit on the coffee table, boy, you will never be forgotten. And I know that from personal experience, Dan, because I watched Hawk Harrelson do that back in 99. I don't think Hawk ever did that. No, he did. And I'll be telling the story of Hawk's pale, white, wrinkly side ass to my grandchildren. I will. And that's what Skip Bayless is, if I can if I can circle back and get him again. He is the coffee table shitter of sports journalism. I mean, it's not ethical. It is not pleasant. But by God, people are talking about it. And that's all that matters, right, Dan, With the, for these kids today? I think so, Jimmy. So you don't have hot takes at your school? No, you don't... I don't. No, we don't teach hot takes. No. No Hot Takes 101. No, no. If I may, I could teach that class. <laughs> no. Well, let me just pitch it. It's like a math class. There's a formula. Famous athlete plus opinion minus evidence equals hot take, right? You could teach that. Yeah, I'd line up all the kids, and if one of their opinions made too much sense, I would, I'd physically hit them. That's how I'd go <laughs> no, old no, school we, we don't. No, we don't do... No, that's what I would do. There, there's no... Corporal punishment here. If one of those kids was like, Jokic should win MVP, I'd slap him with a ruler like my teacher used to do and say, until they said something like, no, MVP is Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> okay. Is it an online university, your school? I'm obsessed with your school. Is it virtual? You can do online or you can uh, be in person on campus. Online, we could set up maybe some sort of, I would anyway, distant electrocution system, like a little zitz buzzer. like a. Seems like a lot. Though. Well, I have one of those ready already for people to use on me when I set up my OnlyFans, you know, to appeal to the BDSM people. 
Well, is this a record for you? Has anyone dared to be as sexual with you as, as I've been the last uh, 20 minutes? Not in the last like week or so. <laughs> You're the most recent, let's put it that way. Right. And not the most recent man. Not the most recent man. That's interesting. Yeah. What man, what other man besides me has been so sexual with you, Dan? Ooh. I was, I'm glad that I filled the silence with my swallow <laughs> because well, that, that resounded. Jimmy. I know. Well, I'll leave you alone on that, Dan. Now, um, <laughs> but I am interested uh, in, in what man uh, likes to likes to cozy up to you. See, if I was on your show, I'd be thrown off by now. But see, that's the beauty. That's why I'm doing my podcast because I'm the host. See, on your show, they'd be like, hey, easy, easy with the sex stuff with Dan. On my show, you just... Yeah, but I'm on the verge of throwing myself off your show. <laughs> All right. Let, I, I, I hear you. Let's get to some actual sports stuff. I'm so sorry. I do apologize. Let's circle back here to, to reality and to, uh, and to decency. So, Sheena, a couple of news stories, Dan, and we'll, we'll get you out of here. A couple of news stories and a quick little game that I think you'll enjoy. Sheena, what we got in the news to talk about with Dan? Okay, so we are into the second month of the Major League Baseball season, but the hitting is nowhere to be seen. The offensive numbers in baseball during the first month of the season were some of the worst in history. The league-wide batting average was 232 and a record low 7.63 hits per game. Meanwhile, strikeouts have skyrocketed. Teams were averaging more than a strikeout per inning for the first time ever. These numbers are worse even than those in the 1968 season, the one that resulted in the MLB lowering the pitcher's mound. I didn't even know that. Yeah. The Detroit Tigers manager, A.J. Hinch, said, quote, I have great concern that our sport has turned into a lack of offense and the strikeout homer walk three true outcomes is not our best entertainment product. We're trending in the wrong direction, end quote. Dan, I want to hear you think about this. But first of all, can I just say that I think maybe the guy we quote about how hitters don't have enough of an advantage should not be the same guy who managed the Houston Astros. I mean, he's not exactly unbiased. I have a feeling I know what his solution to the lack of offense is, and it involves giving every team a trash can. Yep. Dan, that said, I do see his point. Do you think that this drop in offense is something that the MLB should be worried about? Yes. You do? Yes. Do you, what would you do? I mean, maybe it's better that baseball's, you know, rapidly aging fan base doesn't have a reason to get too excited. I mean, because they're at constant risk of a heart attack, aren't they? Well, I think this feast or famine, it's, uh, it's all or nothing. They're, the ball is not put in play. There's no movement in baseball. It used to be there was hit and run, hit the ball to the other side of the infield, uh, actually steal the base, those kind of things where there was more movement. Not that, boy, that sounds exciting, but it does sound a lot more exciting than what we're seeing now because all it is is launch angle, throw 100 miles an hour. If I swing and miss, there's no embarrassment. And uh, that's why strikeout numbers, home run numbers are, uh, are up. I agree with much of that. I think the root of the problem is that those pitchers really are getting too good. Remember when somebody throwing 100 miles an hour was like national news? Yeah. Everybody throws 100 now. Like we as a society, we've become desensitized to it. It's like, you know, sugar in our food or incest in our pornography. I brought it back to sex. <laughs> Seriously, though, would you agree it's more difficult to hit now than it ever has been in the history of baseball? With the number of pitchers who are throwing upper 90s or, you know, triple digits, yeah. But also, you go up there not trying to put the ball in play. You go up there trying to hit a home run. If you said, the more strikeouts you have, the more money we take away from you, you would see guys putting the ball in play. I remember a guy... And you're old enough to remember Dave Kingman. Of course. Kingman played for the Cubs. He'd hit 42 home runs, strike out 200 times. And we looked at him like, 
He was a bum, one-dimensional. He'd be a star now. He also played for the Mets, and there the standards were so low they did canonize him. Uh, that's an interesting idea, too, about the, the, the strikeout penalty uh, idea. But if you dropped a player from before 1950 into today's game and made them face a major league pitcher, I mean, I think they'd just immediately shit their pants. I mean, first they'd probably say something pretty racist, and then they'd shit their <laughs> pants. That would, by the way, be a serious mess because they had complicated old-timey underwear like that back then. It, like, buckled to their socks. But still, though, these pitchers, they're gaining velocity on their fastball into their 30s. I mean, that's amazing because of technology and analytics. That's not supposed to happen. Once you hit age 30, you're supposed to get worse and worse and worse until you give up. And not just in baseball, but in life in general. You know, your 30s are a time for killing your dreams, Dan, unless you're Jamie Moyer or Jamie Moyer clone, who is the equivalent of a Galapagos turtle. But you're not supposed to be throwing 100 miles an hour. But here's the thing. I don't actually find today's game any less exciting than the past, which I might be surprising for you to hear from me. Because I find the low-scoring games very enjoyable. That is, though, perhaps because the pandemic quarantine has destroyed the dopamine centers of my brain, and I can't distinguish any longer between boredom and pleasure. Yeah, but they're not low-scoring games. They, they're still, there's still home runs that are hit. And it's, it's not like two to one. Well, that this is in 1968, you know, that's when it was two to one. That's when you had Carl Yastrzemski led the league in hitting at 301 in the American League. It was crazy back then. Like, I don't want to revisit that, but I, I would love to see baseball and baseball is little things. You know, if there's a shift, they want to take away the shift. Like, no, how about you put the ball and play the other way? That that's pretty simple there, but. I, I'm the get-off-my-lawn guy, so I, I don't do well with this topic. I, I just want to see baseball continue to be one of our great sports, and I think baseball is doing disservice to its sport. And these first 30 games of this season, we kind of got worst of both worlds. We got all this launch angle, 100-mile-an-hour, three-true-outcome stuff, and not very high-scoring games either. Yeah. I mean, they're trying out all these rule changes in the lower-level leagues to see if they can get more offense back into the games banning the shift and larger bases and moving the, the pitching rubber back a foot. Would you try any of those? I would just go back to playing baseball. I don't think having bigger bases so you steal more bases. I, guys don't run. You know, they start out running and then they stop. Alex Rodriguez told me one time, he goes, I don't get paid because I said, why don't you steal bases anymore? He said, I don't get paid to steal bases. Wow. He actually said that out loud. Yeah. If you just watch a game and see the lack of movement, watch the lack of movement. And if you go back to watch a world series game, you know, if you're watching on classic sports or something and you see something where it's from the eighties, seventies, sixties, there's movement there. You don't have that. It's just, I'm going to throw as hard as I can and you can swing as hard as you can. Not only is there movement there, but it's fun to go back and look at those broadcasts because it's incredible how much more slight and skinnier and smaller the players were. Yeah. Forget about steroids. I mean, obviously that era, they, you know, with the Lenny Dykstra transformation and that stuff. But I mean, just the guys are just bruisers now. And back then, you know, they were they, they felt like you and I could just walk out there at the age we are and, and compete. I think you do have to disadvantage the pitcher. I think that the way to do that is to have robot umpires. I'm kind of obsessed with the robot umpire thing mm -hmm. and, and give them a lot of authority. And by authority, I mean weaponry. You know, like if Trevor Bauer is doing too well, 
umpire's chest opens up, drone flies out, cuts his finger again. You know, even the playing field a little bit. Mm. And ex- mm. well, that would bring some excitement back into the it game. It would. Bloodshed always that that equates to like UFC meets MLB. Exactly. You know, I mean that UFC is extremely popular now. Let, yeah. Let's uh, let's bring some of that mentality in. Yeah. Yeah. I do think though that uh, with all the elderly folks in the stands, I think we need more than a seventh inning stretch. I think we need like first inning yoga and second inning fish oil supplements. Philly fanatics should be shooting Lipitor from a t-shirt cannon. Protect those elderly hearts. Let's not excite them too much. I like that. That's not a side of you that I've heard before. Oh, no, I care a lot about old people. I do. I do. There's a few members of society I can actually boss around. Mm. You know, so I want them here. They can't hear you when you boss them around. That's the I problem. get real loud. I do it loud. Yeah. You're an idiot, old sir. Okay. Hey, Grandpa. Yeah. Message sent loud and clear. Sheena, what else we got we can talk to Dan about? So, talking about uh, getting people to watch, after the rousing success of the NFL playoff game that was simulcast on Nickelodeon with slime cannons in the end zone and SpongeBob guest appearances, it's now clear that the themed broadcast is here to stay. A couple weeks ago, Disney-owned ESPN aired the Warriors-Pelicans game with a special Marvel-themed Arena of Heroes, complete with in-game special effects and a superhero backstory about the Avengers looking to recruit an NBA player, which resulted in Draymond Green joining Earth's Mightiest Heroes. The next night, the Yankees-Astros game was Star Wars-themed, with Carl Ravitch dressed as Luke Skywalker and Tim Kirkjian dressed as Yoda. It Mm. was back-to-back nights of Disney brand synergy. Oh, my God. First of all, Sheena, never say that phrase again. What the heck was that? It tasted weird coming out of my... Yeah, Yeah, don't ever say that. Don't say Disney brand synergy again to me or to Dan or anybody. Dan, what do you... What do you make of all this crazy crap? Did you see this stuff with Carl Ravitch and Tim and everybody? I did not. And I feel fortunate that I, I didn't. I, I, did, I don't need to. I, you know, call me old, crazy, whatever you want to call me, but I just sort of watch a game for the game. That's all. I don't, I don't need anything. Just let me just watch the game. Yeah, well, I did see it. And... Uh... That was not the first time I've actually seen Tim Kirkjian miserable while wearing a Yoda mask. Okay. <laughs> this is a true story. I invited him to come with me to a costume party, and he didn't realize it was sort of like an eyes wide shut kind of thing, continuing with the uh, sexual, sexual theme. Yeah, yeah. There we go. A lot of sex and debauchery yeah. at that event. So he was dressed as Yoda, and he just stood in the corner. He, he ate grapes and figs the whole time. Didn't do anything with anybody, mm. but he did, his costume did get very wet. A lot of splashback, which I still feel bad about. I, I, I personally apologize to him because I was responsible for some of it. But, um, I mean, is this the future of broadcast? This desperate shot in the dark from a, a bunch of sports with declining ratings? Because I don't like him either, Dan. I think, like, I think if your kid doesn't want to watch basketball unless he thinks Draymond Green is going to become an Avenger, your kid just doesn't like basketball. Leave him the hell alone, Right. Well, if you get new eyeballs on your sport, if this is what it takes and the end result is you get somebody younger who's going to watch, okay, maybe they'll fall in love with it. I just don't think you can supply a a steady stream of this. Have a novelty, have it once in a while, okay? But look, ESPN and Disney, owned by the same company, and, you know, hey, let's uh, have this and talk about The Mandalorian. Like, okay. It it just feels like it's a three-hour promo or commercial then i have a problem with that 
Yeah, you're talking, we're talking about Disney brand synergy right there. But I Doesn't mean, that, even it sounds like cereal, doesn't it? D- Disney brand synergy. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is that the Disney brand? Yeah, that's synergy. That's what I feel it's, like I'm yeah. getting a big spoonful of. It's cinnamon flavored. Mm. <laughs> I prefer the the fruity flavor. But I mean, even with bringing in the Avengers, your, your kid doesn't understand the Avengers either if he likes that tie-in. Because the Avengers, they would not want Draymond Green, Dan. I mean, they already have the Incredible Hulk. He gets mad, he gets big and strong. Now you're going to have a guy who, when he gets mad, his superpower is to foul out of a game? Not very helpful. Well, imagine older people watching. I'd worry about their hearts. They would have no idea what's going on when they watch. Actual adults watching. Yes. Not yes. people who are at risk, like health risk, but no. adults watching. You know, did you, I actually, didn't you, did you even out of curiosity look at the Nickelodeon craziness during the Super Bowl, just, just even for five seconds? I understood that, and that's, they, they're allowing you to go to a separate channel to watch. And I'm okay with that. It's just, I don't want that to be on the main channel watching the Super Bowl, but or playoff game. Like if you have it over here and you want to go over there, then you know what you're getting. If it's on the main one, I, I don't, I don't want to watch something like that. Just give me the regular game. Yeah. But even that, I know I agree, but I understand it's flashy and colorful for the kiddies, but if that's all you're trying to accomplish is getting attention from babies, why not just do a picture-in-picture of someone jangling keys or, you know, Jeff Van Gundy playing peekaboo or something? You know, I I worry about what it could lead to, just trying to appeal to everybody. Everybody's got to be included here. I mean, how long until instead of a Nickelodeon simulcast of NFL games, there's a Fox News simulcast? Whenever the players kneel, they disguise it with like a giant 3D Tucker Carlson bow tie. You know, that'd be awkward. (laughs) Yeah, you'd probably take that one out. Oh, no, no. Not not only am I not going to cut that out, uh, now I'm going to talk more about Tucker Carlson. That's what you've just bought yourself, Dan Patrick, because the man looks like what would happen if a yacht wished to become a real boy. He's got all the charm and personality of a squash racket. I mean, it's not surprising that that bloviating chode, that's right, I said bloviating chode is a trust fund, baby, but I was surprised that all the family money comes from frozen dinners. I mean, the man has done so much to launder and sanitize white nationalism, I figured those millions came from Clorox bleach, which may or may not cure COVID if you inject it directly into your veins. I mean, you'd think that that... uh, I don't want to choose my words carefully here because bloviating chode might have been a little over the top. So you'd think that that, I'm going to call him a yuppie turd, would have more sympathy for people who aren't from America, given that he himself was not naturally born here. That's true. He is not from America. He sprung to life when he was scraped off the bottom of a golf course toilet seat in Dubai. True story. Look that up. Google that. Okay. Phew, all right there. Now, that is definitely staying in. Okay, Dan, I'm going to put you out of your misery now because I can tell you're quite uncomfortable. We're going to play a little game here. Uh, this game is called Sports Center Catchphrase. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually laughing at how much we, we, really, we, we really leaned on this for your broadcast today, Dan. Sports Center Catchphrase okay. or something I said during intercourse. So you ready? Okay. So this game, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. You can infer what it's about. It's simple. It's obvious. It, it's sinful. It is sinful. It's also simple. It's obvious. There's sex again. Yeah, it's very immature too. So so Sheena's going to read a quote. You tell me. Okay. If it's a catchphrase from one of your fellow sports center anchors or something that I said during intercourse. Okay. okay. Now I don't think you've ever observed me having intercourse. I could be wrong. 
I mean, your picture was up at a DP show. So you'll anyway, you'll just have to figure out the answer by process of elimination. Here we okay. go. All right, Sheena, give us our first one. From way downtown, bang. Way downtown, bang. That was you in 79 in Pittsburgh outside of Three Rivers Stadium. Incorrect. That was an actual Sports Center catchphrase from your buddy Keith Oberman. Mm. Yeah. Fun fact, it was the least annoying thing he ever said. All right. <laughs> Sheena, give us, give us our next one. Release Rotation Splash. Release Rotation Splash. That was you at the party with Tim Kirchin dressed as Yoda. You'd think so, but that was actually Craig Kilborn. He really uh, didn't like to say Release Rotation Splash. Gosh, oh for okay. two here. Guy who gave you the Daily Show. All right, Sheena, uh, number three. Someone call a doctor because he's burning up. Somebody call a doctor because he is burning up. I'm going to say you. Miami Beach, round uh, 83, 84. Impressive. Maybe you do observe me during the sexual act. Because I did say that during intercourse. I had contracted syphilis and I had a terrible fever. And it was in Miami. Yeah, It was in Miami. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was in <Santa laughs> Miami. Uh, Sheena, next. Yahtzee. Okay. Yahtzee. You were a Jenga guy, but I think you played Yahtzee. Um, strip Yahtzee, if I recall. Did you do Strip Yahtzee? I did, but you tell me whether that was uh, something I yelled or something one of your... Uh... I'd say that's something you yelled. No, no, no. Kenny Maine, Yahtzee. Golly. Why? You're not too up on these. Another fun fact, that is the funniest thing that Kenny Maine ever said, was yelling <laughs> out Yahtzee. All right, <laughs> give us our next one. You sunk my battleship. You sunk my battleship. Oh, that's definitely you. You're right. Couldn't get that one by. Something I said during intercourse, I believe that was related to erectile dysfunction. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, by the way, Shino, have we made pro- Are we getting like uh, Cialis or, or, or uh, are they becoming a sponsor? Or, or what's the other one? Uh, uh, the blue one? They're weighing their options right now. Weighing their options. It sounds ominous coming from them. All right. You know what your problem though, Jimmy? What's my problem? You need fewer erections, not more. He's right. That's true. Well, that used to be true. That used to be true. Yeah. Now I take all I can get. This just got sad. Bring me <laughs> up. Are we done yet? No, no. Two more. Two more. Okay. And then you're out of okay. here. Two oh, more. We're out of here. But I'm having a great time with you too, Dan. Yeah, this is great. All right, Sheena. Give, give <laughs> us our penultimate catchphrase. <laughs> and we're playing the feud. And we're playing the feud. I think you took that catchphrase from Neil Everett. No, I'm sorry. That was Rich Eisen who used to like to say that. Oh, okay. Your buddy Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. All right. Finally, what's our last one, Sheena? My name is Rich Eisen, and I'm here to rock your world. <laughs> that, that is you. That's right. That's something I said during intercourse. Yeah. It was a very complicated role play. I had to wear a bald cap, and the woman I was with had a fetish for the NFL network. So my name is Rich Eisen. I am here to rock your world. Yeah. 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 I thought I saw her with Steve Mariucci one night. You might have. She, you know. Yeah. So it's not just you. Well, if she did that with me, she's probably doing a lot of stuff with a lot of people. Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan, you've been a very, very good sport. I appreciate your you putting up with us, and uh, I want to yeah, thank I you. I wish you the best of luck there, Jimmy, and I'll let you know about my broadcasting school. I appreciate that, the offer. Yeah, I'm here. I'm at the ready. No, no, I and, and I get that, and uh, and I do appreciate it. Sheena, thank you. You guys, we're great hosts, and, and uh, this will never, ever make air. I know that. <laughs> so this was just sort of a 
trial run, like a practice. Don't put this on your highlight reel. About 30% of this was usable. Yeah, that's what I thought. A good 13 minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do this again sometime, Jimmy. (laughs) I know you mean that. Yeah, I do. I really, really mean it. Please do it again. I promise I'll be less uh, (laughs) sex obsessed the next time. I promise. Thank you. That's all for today's extra sexy episode of the Jim Brockmeyer podcast. Join us again in two weeks for another installment. And don't forget to do those internet things that make this show successful, which I never remember. Sheena, please help me out here. You're telling them to not forget to do the things that you always forget. That's exactly right. Follow, rate, review. Yes, shake, rattle, and roll. That's it. Thanks to Mike Ryan, to Metal Arc Media, and uh, I gotta legally have to say this, and to Funny or Die, I say quite naturally with absolutely no threat of legal action. We'll see y'all next time, folks. Thank you, most importantly.